I bought my first Ferrari when I was 32 years of age. It was a brand new SF90 in Rossa Magnum Red. If you don't know what red that is, it's the red of the Formula One cars. It's incredible. It's a thousand brake horsepower. And I used to play with F40s, LaFerrari toy cars when I was a kid. I used to slide them along the carpet, throw them down the stairs, put them on my bookshelf. In fact, I had posters of Ferraris. I had flags of Ferraris in my bedroom. I would always look at the TV and watch Michael Schumacher in utter amazement. Every time that I was going to school or every time I was even driving in my parents' car and I saw a Ferrari, my little heart would jump a beat. I would get excited. I would get frantic and I would observe every little detail about the car. Now, whenever I picked that Ferrari up, I remember feeling a mixture of emotions. I was excited. I was full of fear because it was a half a million pound car and I was afraid of crashing it. It was extremely powerful and I knew it was way beyond what I've ever driven before. In fact, when I went to insure it, they initially didn't insure it because it was classed as a hypercar. Not a sports car, a hypercar. They asked me how I got racing experience, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember having to ring around and ask for a few favors to get that insurance through. I also felt an element of shame. There was a little part of me that just doubted what other people would think, whether or not I really deserved this, what would people say? And I'd always heard from very successful people throughout my upbringing and just observing ultra wealthy people, which I love to study, that they don't talk a lot about their materialistic things. You can really tell how long somebody's been at a level based on how much they posture. So you can really see a lot of this new internet money and people making quick money online with trading and cryptocurrency and personal growth and personal development really just flex and flaunt their materialistic success left, right, and center because they haven't had it before. Somebody who's brought up with wealth, somebody who's essentially aware of what it's like to drive a Ferrari, live in a big house, doesn't make a big deal about it. And there's an element of class about that that I really, really like, is that they don't go out of their way to get approval from others by posting all their materialistic success because at the end of the day, it isn't really the stuff that makes you happy. Now, back to the car story. Whenever I first picked it up, I went down with my mom and I went down with my wife. And I brought my mom down because my mom always told me in business that it was risky, that, you know, I didn't know what I was letting myself in for, and that there was a high chance of failure and that hiring a team and everything else was just super stressful. And she always always wanted me to go down the NHS route. Like I said before, my dream was to become a dietitian. And building a business was going against everything that she wanted me to do. But I wanted to bring her down to let her know that, hey, I've made it. Hey, this is what I can afford. This is what I can buy based on the fact that I followed my own path. And as you become successful, especially in a family that money isn't a big thing or success isn't a big thing and just getting by is just the norm, 
you kind of are looked at through a weird lens at the start where your parents don't quite understand or your brother or sister, cousins, everybody else don't quite understand what you're doing. But that's where vision comes into play and having a vision that's bigger than the opinions or the circumstances that you find yourself in. So I stuck to my path and bringing my mother down was just a really just liberating moment where I detached from being the child that relied upon my parent to essentially being the adult that was responsible for my own life. And even though it was a car, it was just a sign, an achievement of following through with my vision and taking things off. I remember driving the car out and I was petrified. I was shaking. You know, each alloy on the car is worth about eight grand. It's carbon fiber alloy. If you scratch it, you have to replace the alloy. And there are three lenses of this car when you're driving. There's the road. There's then the onlookers that are on the footpath walking by, stopping and looking at the car. And then you've also got people in the opposite lane that you would never normally look at that slow down, look out their window, look across, point. So it's quite a complex drive. If you've ever driven a Ferrari or a really popular car model that's really sought after, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Regardless, the car makes a lot of people happy. A lot of people stop and take photographs. Heck, every single time I go to the petrol station, I usually get a dad, a mum with their little kid, and they're maybe not driving a super expensive car. And they walk by the car, and the little kid reminds me of myself. Their eyes light up, their heart skips a beat, they get excited. And for me, to open the door and let the child sit in the car, let them rev the engine, get a photograph, just really brings me back to my childhood because I never got the opportunity to do that. And it brings me an immense amount of happiness. And anyway, I never shared the car much. In fact, many of you listening to this probably didn't even know that I had a Ferrari. I've only recently just started showing it every now and again on my social media in the background. But I want to talk to you about the lessons that I learned from buying this car. And the reason why I want to do this is really simple. Because a Ferrari is considered a symbol. A symbol of success, a symbol of wealth in a materialistic world. And these symbols often don't really reflect what you think they mean. So let me run you through the lessons that I learned from buying this car. Number one, no one cares that you drive a Ferrari. If I look back to any single time that I saw a Ferrari on the road before I had one, and my heart lit up, my eyes lit up, and I got excited, I only got excited at the car. I never got excited at the driver. In fact, I never even looked at the driver. And I've just shared with you that there are three lenses for driving a Ferrari. There's the other cars on the road, the pedestrians, and then the other cars in the other lane. Cars pulling up, taking photos. So the lesson here is really, really simple. Is that many of us think that buying the big materialistic watch, car, house, is going to impress other people. It will. 
It will get them curious. It will impress them, especially if they're interested in the design, shape, or heritage of something special. But they're not interested in you. So from the perspective of driving this Ferrari, even though you think everybody's looking at you, they aren't. They're looking at the car. And in their mind, they're actually thinking, what would it be like to drive that myself? What would it be like to drive that up in front of the people that I wanted to impress? And again, the cycle repeats. The people that they want to impress are looking at the car. So the lesson here is really, really simple. If you think that you need designer goods, a watch, a house, a car to make other people happy or to impress them, the fact of the matter is they don't care. And that's why it's so important that you buy things to make you and the small list of people in your life that you really want to make happy. So understand that buying that car needs to be put through the lens of who am I buying this for? Am I buying this for my ego to impress other people? Or am I buying this because I really want to savor it? I want to acknowledge it as an achievement and I want to share it with the people that really matter to me. And the people that matter to you are probably people that you could count on your one hand. So this is a really important lesson the next time that you go out to buy something. The list of people that you really want to impress, the list of people that you truly, really love is small. The list of people that you really know is small. So when you're making decisions, focus on impressing yourself and those people because everybody else doesn't care. Spending your whole entire life wanting to impress other people by buying things, watches, handbags, cars, houses, holidays, saying you're staying in a fancy hotel, all the backdrop stuff that you put in your social media, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And that's very liberating. Lesson number two, the biggest myth ever told is that for you to be wealthy, other people have to go broke or be poor. So when I bought this Ferrari, I was actually scared initially of sharing it. What would my clients think? Is this where all the money's going? What would my team members think? Are we building something just for him or are we building something with him? Here's what I realized about that. I'm the best in the world at building fitness businesses. My clients need me more than I need them. I've got skills and talents that have taken years of lessons, defeat, education, training, mentoring, mistakes, all bundled into my mind. And I can share those. I can put a price on those. I have enough evidence out there that I can do it. I've done it so many times. On the team front, well, if one team team member is going to get disgruntled at me buying a Ferrari, they're not a team member. A business is a sum of parts. It never relies on one person. There are multiple departments, marketing, sales, client journey, client delivery, all of those things. So for somebody to be unhappy is a part of the machine. And if they're not happy at your success... What is the point of them being in the proximity of you? It's pointless. And on top of this, I really just realized that I'm very talented and very skilled. And for somebody to catch up with me and essentially 
match me with the Ferrari is going to take a lot of work. So the deep inherent fear that I had of if I show this Ferrari, other people are going to want to outwork me. Other people are going to want to have the same success that I had. I then realized that very quickly, I need to get better and better and better and better and better. So this is forcing me to evolve. So please understand this. If you're going to commit yourself to buying something that essentially is something that you've always dreamed of, what kind of person does that need to be to essentially hold the responsibility of keeping that and enjoying it? Get better and better and better. So that's my mindset shift that I had around all of that. I then also realized from a marketing perspective that if clients never really got to see the stuff that they dream of, they would never really buy into me. And I used to always flex with the size of my events, the amount of clients that I had, and the lives that I've changed. But I never really showed any of my success. And there were a few periods where I drove the Ferrari to certain events and I had people come up to me, ask me what I did. And lo and behold, they're asking me to go and train their sales team. They're asking me to mentor them as CEOs. They want to learn from me. They look at me at my age and the car and they realize, how does that happen? Then they see everything else. So what I'm trying to say to you is, is if you are building a personal brand or a business that revolves around you in some way, shape, or form as a leader, a mentor, a coach, or somebody that just really wants to be inspirational, there are going to be aspirational things that you can show subtly and tastefully as part of your journey and your story to get people interested in you. If you're one of the top performers in your company, you deserve to drive something special. You deserve to have the thing that you want. And that's why you're so goddamn good. Have some faith in yourself. Back yourself. Even if you didn't buy the thing, people are still going to criticize you. And there's an incredible book called Die With Zero that I want all of you guys to go and check out. Imagine dying with all the money left in your bank account right now. How much wasted time opportunity and excitement would you have literally gone to your bath dead with money is meant to be spent and enjoyed and savored and i regularly share with my clients the concept of forced evolution whenever you buy something like a big house or you go on a holiday or whatever and you empty your bank account it just forces you to work harder it forces you to make the decisions it forces you to go after the stuff that you've been avoiding. So there's many benefits to it. I thought that clients were going to alienate me. I thought that team members were going to feel disgruntled. But those were all limiting beliefs because I didn't believe enough in myself. Even though I was successful, I didn't want other people to know that I had symbols of success because I was insecure in myself. And I lacked the self-belief to continue pushing and growing. And I realized that if I can get this, I deserve it. And if I deserve it, I must be good. And I started thinking bigger rather than actually thinking smaller. Number three, 
is access to grip people on opportunities. So with the car, I regularly go on car events. Every single time I go to those events, I meet a new interesting connection. You are one human away from changing your life, not a tactic. I've shared that before. I have made best friends. I have had investment opportunities. I have had opportunities that I never would have had if I didn't immerse myself in the circles with other people that are interested and have those cars. And I can share with all of you now that I have made the money back for my car threefold with the people that I've met, the investments that I've made, and the opportunities that were created from the car in the first place. So I want you to think of something that you really want to have in your life, whether it's a big new house, a car, a watch, a piece of jewelry, a bag. I don't know. We all have unique tastes. And I want you to get clear on exactly what that is. Get clear on the thing that you want right now in your mind. It might even be a relationship. It might even be a new partner. And the final question that I want to leave you with is this. What kind of person has that? What kind of person has the very thing that you are seeking? How do they behave? How do they show up? What would they do right now when you take into account all the things that you could be doing to grow your life? What would they focus on? What would they stop? And what would they keep doing? Think about those activities. Get clear on that individual. What kind of person has the thing that you want? Start behaving like that person immediately. Hey, I really hope this podcast has taught you something that you never knew before. I really want to challenge your thinking and expand what you believe is possible for you and your life. And I would really love your feedback. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, it would really mean the world to me if you could just go and leave a review, click like, and a comment around what you love about this podcast. This gives me the feedback to know that I'm doing a good job. And it also gives me the credibility to go to the best in the industry in entrepreneurship, personal growth, finance, and just pure life wisdom to dissect their thinking and share the lessons with you. If you like my style, how I talk and how I dissect things and how I think, then this channel is going to be a valuable resource in helping you live life on your terms. And I want to make sure that it is the best possible material that you can put in between your two ears every single day. It would really mean the world to me.